Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 212 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for encouraging us as we read your word. Help us be encouraged today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what Jesus teaches us in Mark chapter 6. We read about Jesus preaching in his hometown of Nazareth. At first, the people are astounded by his words and wonder how he has so much wisdom. The end of verse 2 says, What mighty works and exhibitions of power are wrought by his hands? But then they begin to doubt. Their words affect their wonder, and they are left in a puddle of unbelief. Verse 6 says, And he marveled because of their unbelief, their lack of faith in him. May our thoughts and words increase our belief in the one who can save us, instead of diminish our belief. Jesus sent his disciples out and gave them authority and power over enemy spirits. When they came back, he knew they needed rest. People kept coming to them so much so that they didn't even have time to eat. They took a boat to a solitary place. We need rest too, my friend. If you are continually serving and doing for others, make sure you take time to rest. The people found them on the other side of the water and went to meet them there. We read about Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just two fish and five loaves of bread. It must have been amazing to watch the bread and fish keep multiplying enough to feed that many people with barely enough food to feed a family of five. We can thank God that he makes more than plenty out of whatever we have. Interestingly, that same evening, the disciples had a heart change. Verse 52 says, For they failed to consider or understand the teaching and meaning of the miracle of the loaves. In fact, their hearts had grown callous, had become dull, and had lost the power of understanding. They were with Jesus just that day when he fed the thousands, and yet their hearts grew cold. That is the humanness in each one of us. May we pray that our hearts remain soft, that we see God's wonder-working power, and that we don't miss him as he works in our lives. Well, let's see what Paul is teaching us in Romans chapter 13. Paul teaches respect for authority. He almost gets political here by telling us to respect the office and whomever God appoints to be there. Do you remember when David ran to protect himself from the wrath of King Saul? All those years he would not hurt Saul, God's anointed, even though he knew he was the next anointed king. May we respect the office as David did, Verse 2 says, Therefore he who resists and set himself up against the authorities resists what God has appointed and arranged in divine order. In verse 8, Paul says, Keep out of debt and owe no man anything except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor, who practices loving others, has fulfilled the law relating to one's fellow men, meeting all its requirements. May love be our guide today and every day. Lastly, Paul writes, but clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and make no provision for indulging the flesh. Put a stop to thinking about the evil cravings of your physical nature to gratify its desires, lusts. This verse is more powerful than most of us realize at first glance. Our sinful nature accompanies us through this life on earth. We can't run from it, but we can face it and overcome it. Paul gives us the how to do that. First, clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Second, don't give your flesh an opportunity. Third, stop thinking about the sin. Continual thinking about sin results in action. Well, let's see what's happening in Esther chapter 5 today. Yesterday, we read that Esther called for a fast. Today is the third day of the fast. 
she went before the king and he gladly accepted her to the throne. He asked her what she wanted and told her he'd give her half of the kingdom if she so desired. However, all she requested was that he come to dinner and bring Haman with him. The king was quick to do as she requested. When they got to dinner, he asked her again what she wanted. She simply asked him to dine with her the next night. Then we read about the pride Haman had as he boasted that the king had promoted him and that only he and the king were asked to dinner. We all know what happens when pride enters the picture. On his way home from the dinner, Haman saw Mordecai at the gate refusing to show him respect. He was angry but held his anger for a moment. When he told his wife and friends about it, his wife told him to build the gallows and tell the king about Mordecai's behavior. He will surely approve of hanging Mordecai. And so it was done. In chapter 6, we see the tides have changed. God was working in the heart of the king. He wasn't able to sleep, so called for a book to be read to him. The book contained some of the good deeds of the people. Mordecai's good deeds were written about when he saved the king's life. He wanted to bless Mordecai, which was the first thing on his mind the next morning. That same morning, Haman was waiting anxiously to tell the king about Mordecai's disrespect. The king asked him a question. He wanted to know how to bless Mordecai, but didn't call him by name. He asked Haman what to do with someone the king is very pleased with and wanted to honor. Of course, Haman thought the honor was for himself, and he told the king all the wonderful things he should do for this man, meaning him. To Haman's great displeasure, the king told him to array Mordecai with everything Haman had just told him to do. Embarrassingly, he had to walk Mordecai through the town square in royal robes on horseback and claim he had the king's pleasure, while Haman ran home with his head covered. His plan of killing Mordecai was certainly foiled. He also knew he was headed for a bad time, but first he had to dine with the king and queen one more night. We will see what happens in our story tomorrow. Let's remember that no matter how bad our circumstances look, the Lord has a way to restore us in every way. Well, let's see what we can learn from Psalm chapter 31. King David starts out leaning on God. He trusts in him. God is his rock of refuge and strong fortress. Verse 5 is interesting because it was said by Jesus, into your hands I commit my spirit. The next sentence says, You have redeemed me, O Lord, the God of truth and faithfulness. David knows God is his redeemer. The Lord is our redeemer too. Then we read about David's suffering. One commentary I read suggests that he wrote this psalm during the pestilence that they suffered by the hand of God because David numbered the people. David appears to be suffering from an illness as well. Still, he knows who saves him. God does. He writes about God's goodness in verse 19. He writes about the secret place in God's presence. He praises God. And then in verse 24, he encourages us to be strong and let your heart take courage. All you who wait for and hope for and expect the Lord. Yes, let us have courage and hope and expect the Lord to come to our aid in all things. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for the powerful encouragement in your word today. Help us lean on, trust in, and rely on you for all we need and desire. May our hearts always be soft to hear your gentle whispers and strong enough to believe in your mighty works. Increase our belief and trust in you. Keep our eyes on you and not the world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.